Welcome to the Boss Level. My name is Enigma. I am your villain extraordinaire and your host for this podcast. Uh, of course, I am a 15 industry veteran. I am a lifelong gamer, game console collector, and I'm a part-time Twitch streamer. Hope you're having a wonderful week so far. If you are not aware, you're not in the United States, it's a holiday week here in the United States as I uh, release this on July 3rd. July 4th is our Independence Day, the day we... Uh, declared our independence from Great Britain, the UK. So we'll be celebrating with some fireworks and some hot dogs and all that. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you're United States, if you're celebrating, please do so safely and keep in mind your pets as well. You know, um, this weekend has been kind of crazy as I record this with, with fireworks and it's been driving my dog nuts. And uh, so just keep in mind your dogs, your cats, they don't like explosions. So do so if you're going to mess around with the you know fireworks. Make sure you do so responsibly, please. So today we have some stuff we're going to talk about to do with Microsoft. Before we get to that, let's go ahead and get our good housekeeping stuff out of the way. Our favorite part of the podcast. First of all, as I said in the opening, I am a part-time Twitch streamer. You can find me on Twitch at Evil Enigma. I am not on Kick as of yet. You can also find me on uh, Twitter at Evil Enigma, and that's where I uh, post most of my things. I share funny memes, I try to make people laugh, and it's also where I let people know when I will be streaming and what I'm going to be streaming. So, as it currently stands, I stream mostly on Friday nights and Sunday mornings. That's Chicago Standard Time, Central Standard Time. So, uh, usually it's 9, between 9-ish, 9.30-ish to midnight, 12.30-ish on Friday nights. And then 9 to noon on Sunday mornings. As of right now, we are streaming Final Fantasy 16 and having a great time doing that. But we can always go back and pop in some Diablo 4 and continue on with that game. And not to mention, we can always play something different as we get to the fall months here coming up. we got some big stuff coming out, some great games going to hit. We're going to have Spider-Man, we're going to have a new Mario... We're going to have uh, Mario RPG, just just all sorts of good stuff is coming out this year, and I, I can't wait to share that with you guys. But as of right now, it's Final Fantasy 16. I'm really enjoying that game. I hope everyone who's tuned in is also enjoying it. But uh, that's that's where we are with uh, with Twitter and Twitch. Go ahead and give me a follow on both those platforms if you don't mind. Drop it and say hi. I do pride myself on being very easy to approach. I am not one of those uh, streamers or creators that's going to sit there and insult people for having a different opinion than I do. So please feel free to drop in and say hi. I'll be more than happy to uh, say hi to you and we'll talk to you about games. That's my favorite thing. Is uh, That's my most passionate thing is, is games. And so drop in and say hi and, and uh, let me know you've listened to the podcast. I'd greatly appreciate that. I am also a member of Team Dragonfire as well as a content creator for the Kindred Knights. That means we have our own line of hot sauces over at kindrednations.com. Take out that uh, last E and stick a three in there for kindred because that's the way all the youngins spell things these days. And you can find our line of hot sauces over there. They have a wide selection. It's always changing. And I have yet to have one of the hot sauces that I don't like. So go over there and check out the hot sauces. I am a particular big fan of the night sauce. It's actually quite good. I like it to put it on tacos and then the uh, the the uh, honey garlic fire the dragon fire sauce is actually pretty good on salads it's really good with vegetables and stuff so check those out if you don't mind and if you do decide you want to uh, patronize the website please feel free to use the code enigma the way i spell it e-n-y-g-m-a and you'll get yourself 10 percent off your order and it helps support my content and it helps uh, support the podcast and my streaming 
I would greatly appreciate that. And if you do use my code and you want to, and you follow me on, on Twitter, feel free to tag me on a post with a picture of your sauce or what you're putting it on or whatever. And I will share that to everybody I know. And if I know Dragonfire and Kindred Nations and the Kindred Knights, they'll do the same thing. So we can get you some social media interaction going on there. Okay. Last bit of housekeeping we have here is because we are, I'm a member of Team Dragonfire, we are uh, doing our best. We're in a trial run with Glitch Energy. Glitch is G-L-Y-T-C-H, energy.com. You can go over there and they have a bunch of, uh, you know, the uh, the energy drinks you can p- pick up. You get a canister of uh, many different flavors. They also have supplements and things of that nature. But if you're like me and you can't drink energy drinks or you don't like energy drinks because there's too much caffeine in it, they've got you covered. They have a whole line of uh, Revive is what they call it, and it's more of an endurance and uh, hydration thing. It's pretty similar to any of your favorite sports drinks, you know, your, your Gatorades, your Powerades, anything like that. And they've got some pretty good flavors over there. I personally am a big fan of the Cherry Limeade because I was brought up down south. And Cherry Limeade is a big deal down south for anyone who used to go to Sonic Drive-Ins the way I used to. But my favorite is the uh, Blackberry Lemonade. Check out the Blackberry Lemonade, guys. It's really, really good. And if you do decide to go over there and check that out, please use the code DRAGONXFIRE at checkout. 10% off your order, and that will really help us out as we try to become partnered and get our little team up and running and and be able to uh, play with the big boys when it comes to being streaming teams, okay? And we would appreciate that so much. So remember, Dragon X Fire over at GlitchEnergy.com. Get yourself some pretty good drinks there. Again, if you can't like energy drinks, the Revive line has zero caffeine, zero sugar, and zero calories. It's really nothing more than a, a really good flavoring uh, for your water, and it's got some uh, some like electrolytes and things like that that uh, help you for workouts. I'm not a big workout guy, but I drink it at work because I, I just like drinking it. It's actually quite good, especially the cherry limeade and the uh, blackberry lemonade, okay? So, thank you for listening to my good housekeeping for the week. Now, uh, I've been kind of struggling with what to talk about this week. I've actually recorded two or three podcasts trying to figure out what I should be talking about. And the reason why I scrapped them both is because I thought they were both kind of boring. So this is my third attempt at, at, uh, at a podcast. But I felt, thought what we would do, because it's, it's been in the news a lot lately, is Microsoft. And what Microsoft is trying to do with their Xbox platform, what their end game is for it. And uh, I, a lot of folks are doing this thing where they are saying, oh, they're just trying to, to, to beat Sony. And I, I'm not entirely certain that's what they're trying to do. Uh, the, the, the gaming, I always say this, the gaming business is changing in a lot of ways. And one of the ways it's changing now is we don't have a need for big upgrades to our co- game consoles. You know, game consoles are still, to the best of my knowledge, uh, the highest selling of, of you know of, of software. So uh, I, I remember many years ago I was uh, selling a PlayStation 4 because I had gotten a PlayStation 4 Pro, and I was in a local store. It wasn't a GameStop. It was a locally owned and operated uh, secondhand store that sells used music and mu- movies and games. Uh, anyone who's in the western suburbs of Chicago probably knows exactly the place I'm talking about. But uh, I went in there and I was selling back the PlayStation 4 and the guy was, uh, he was a PC guy. I could just tell he was a PC guy. First of all, he had a big beard. So there, there you go with, with that. But he, uh, really was, was big on PC and 
he was testing out my PlayStation 4 and he turned to, and I was standing back behind the, you know, in front of the counter. I just, just kind of watching what they were doing. And the dude right in front of me just turns to the girl he's working with and goes, I don't know why we're taking this thing back. It's going to be the last time we ever see a console. There's never going to be another console uh, generation. It's they're They're done. They're over. And I looked at the dude and I said, you want to make a bet? And he turned and looked at me and I said, you're, you're, you're serious. You don't think there's ever going to be another generation of consoles? He goes, yeah, there's not. Everyone's going PC. I said, no, they're not. And he says, yeah, they are. And I said, dude, uh, Skyrim just released on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, right? He goes, yes, he, it did. And I said, and there have been more mods downloaded the first week that has been out that has been then uh, has been downloaded in the first year than there was for uh, it went on being on PC with mods. So I would, as long as those numbers continue and there's a demand for consoles because that's what most people play on, then there's always going to be another generation of, of game consoles. And, and there's a, there, that is true. As long as there's a demand for it, there will be, people there'll be manufacturers for it that's that's just how it works but we're not seeing these massive upgrades like we used to it back in the day guys we went from we went from Nintendo to Super Nintendo that was a pretty big deal when we went from the PlayStation to the PlayStation 2 that was a huge jump when we went from PlayStation 2 to 3 uh, uh, to PlayStation 3 that was a massive jump nowadays it's just not that big of a jump. I mean, it, it's a jump. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's completely worthless, but you're just not seeing these huge graphic upgrades like you did 10, 12, you know, 15 years ago with your with your game console releases. You know, and I'm a game console guy, and I'm telling you this. Okay, uh, there is not the massive upgrade from the PlayStation 4 to the PlayStation 5. It just doesn't exist. It's an upgrade, yes. But it is not the massive upgrade that you would see going from the PlayStation 1 to the PlayStation 2 or the 2 to the 3. It just That's just how it is now. And that's just because hardware has gotten so good and graphics have gotten so good that you really can't get much better. So you're... And I say that and then the next generation something huge will come out and I'll be like, Oh my God, it looks just like that. You know, but I, I know it's coming. But uh, we're just not seeing this this massive difference like we used to getting from one console generation to the next uh, even the switch is coming out with a new switch next year we know and chances are it's not going to be the huge upgrade that we you know a lot of people think it's going to be uh, it'll be an upgrade and it'll be an upgrade that needs to happen because N nintendo needs third-party software to to uh be on the platform and they're not going to get third-party software if they if the third parties can't you know, upgrade and, and, and produce the same kind of content that they are for the other two consoles. It's just how it is. I think personally, Nintendo is the type of company that would like to release one platform and then release nothing but games for the next 20, 30 years and not worry about upgrading hardware. But the truth of the matter is, is that it's it needs more than what Nintendo can do for it. And if they're going to do, like they just got Call of Duty, for instance, they're going to get Call of Duty again. They have to make certain concessions to Activision. Yes, we are going to have this kind of RAM. We are going to have this kind of graphic content. So they have something to go with. Otherwise, 
what's you know they're not going to support it they're not going to make stuff for it because it wouldn't it would be too expensive to downgrade what they're making when instead they can just put something on xbox and playstation and it's basically the same game so but uh, getting back to microsoft here you know it's it's getting to the point with with uh, the xbox that it seems to be they are using the xbox as a trojan horse to get people into pc gaming and I've said that before, and I'll, I'll say it again. I think the Xbox is really, at this point, just a brand for Microsoft. I don't think they really look at the Xbox as being a viable contender to anybody. It, it's, it's getting its head kicked in by, by Sony right now, and I don't think anyone can deny that. It's, uh, despite what certain ex-hosts of G4 used to say, uh, the truth is, is that Microsoft is getting their heads kicked in. The Xbox is selling a fraction of what the PlayStation is, and the Switch is still beating everybody right now because it's been out longer, uh, and it was a lot easier to find. But and but we'll see what happens when the new Switch comes out. But the truth is, is that uh, Sony is ruling the roost when it comes to what Microsoft is trying to really have, what they've tried to compete with in the past. Let me let me put it like that. Uh, I don't think they that Sony or Microsoft look at Nintendo as being a competitor. I think they look at them as being I, I, just something else out there. You know, it's there. There's a lot of people who are going to buy a Switch that are also going to buy a PlayStation or an Xbox. That's just how it is. But uh, I don't think they are really looking at competing with Nintendo. And I think that they have thrown in the towel for this generation. I don't think they're really, really trying to do much. And I say that with all due sincerity, even though we know they're, they are supporting the Xbox. You know, there's a new Fable coming out. Starfield's going to do pretty well for it. I'm sure Call of Duty would once the... Activision merger takes place because I there's no doubt in my mind it's going to take place. Uh, it, it, all they got to do is grease the right palms and it'll happen. That's that's just how it works in our country. Now I know the UK and Canada have both uh, raised their hands of having a problem with Microsoft purchasing. Uh, if it's not the world's largest publisher, it's the world's second largest publisher of video games, and I certainly don't blame them. In fact, I've said many times I do not believe that. It's good for the industry at all for anyone to continually buy up development houses and publishers. I would much prefer it if Microsoft and Sony just kind of stayed to themselves and didn't go out and purchase all these these guys. Because right now it's getting to the point where everyone is on the table and, and who knows what's going to happen. You know, uh, I, I just don't think it's good for the, for the industry to completely block off entire huge sections of gaming that only one uh, section, you know, only one section can play. So we all have our exclusives, right? That's that's why you buy the console. That's why Sony's had God of War. Sony's got uh, Horizon. Uh, you have so Microsoft has had Halo and Gears of War, and and Nintendo has Mario and and all that stuff. So it's uh, the exclusives are just a part of of the industry, and I and I'm not poo-pooing in uh, that what i'm poo-pooing is is that you go out and you're purchasing these huge publishers and these development houses and then making them exclusive to your 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 platform you know and and i know that it's always been that way to some point but i still like there to be choice out there as much as i'm enjoying final fantasy 16 and believe me i really am i do think that it's a a travesty that the xbox owners don't have a way to play that game right now. I don't. I don't like that. Uh, 
but that that's just how I've always been and how I always feel. And I and there are people who will tell me that what Microsoft is doing is good business, and what Sony is doing is good business. And what I will tell you is is that they're doing good business by them. They're not doing good business by you. And uh, the more of these houses they buy up, the more of these publishers they buy up, the less of a choice you have of going where you want to go to, to play games. And that's just how I feel about it. It's always how I felt about it. But I think that Microsoft looks at the Xbox brand as just a brand. And it's a Trojan horse to get you into PC gaming. We, we know that. In fact, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I would not be shocked in the next let's just say five, 10 years, less than 10 years, let's put a, I'll put a, that, that on it, is that Xbox stops making specific consoles completely and they move directly into selling PC, gaming PCs and laptops with the Xbox logo on it. That it'll be a brand to sell you a gaming laptop or a gaming PC as opposed to them actually having a big uh, reveal party of what the new Xbox is going to look like. I, I just, I don't see that being, they're not acting like that's what they're doing. You know, they're, they're going to do that. They're, they're acting like they're more of a conduit to a game service. So I don't see them being a specific hardware developer on the console side for a whole heck of a lot more time. It doesn't seem like that's what they want to do, quite frankly. It just seems to be they want you to get into PC. That's why if you look at all the Xbox stuff that you buy, they always do this. You can you buy it on Xbox, you get it on PC as well. Uh, if you buy a brand new Windows laptop or, or a computer, I just bought a brand new Windows laptop to stream off of a couple of months ago. And uh, the, like the second question it asks you when you start it up is, what's your Xbox login so we can get you into Game Pass? And I was like, I don't want to be part of Game Pass right now. But they're really trying to move Xbox onto PC as a, as a decal for PC. And I, I really do believe that their business model is one where they are trying to compete with, with a bigger fish besides Sony right now. And we'll, we'll get to that in just, just a little bit. But overall, again, I, I just don't think that we're going to see Microsoft on the hardware side making a lot of big waves. I think they are moving towards the software side. They're moving more towards Xbox being a service more than they are of it being a platform, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And that's probably the best way I can possibly put it. You know, a service is like uh, Netflix. Service is where you pay monthly for something and, you know, you get something out of it. A platform is something that you purchase that you can work off of, basically. You know, like a, you buy a, 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 the Xbox is a, uh, it might be a service, but the PlayStation is a platform. The PlayStation you buy specific games for and you do that. While Microsoft wants Xbox to be this all-encompassing game service that you pay for monthly and have access to all the, these their games. They've they've made it no uh, small core. They're they're trying to be the Netflix of gaming is what they're trying to do. They're really interested in getting that that uh, audience to to just get used to spending. Was it ten bucks a month? I think is what it is for for Game Pass. Just put that 10 bucks a month down and then you have access to hundreds of games, including all their bestsellers, all their, their first-party titles, all the stuff that they have purchased uh, from their development houses, all the stuff they make themselves, Halo, Gears of War, Fallout, 
all these things, they're going to be game and game day one on Game Pass. You'll be able to play those games. Now, what we have uh, not realized is that it has made a big impact on their sales, their game sales. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Microsoft said for a long time that it doesn't affect game sales. And then we come to find out that, yes, it actually does. Because uh, you're not going to sell as many copies of Halo if you have, you're pushing your audience towards not purchasing Halo. Instead, purchasing your service. <laughs> it's just, that's, here we go, business 101. You know, at the, if you push, your, push your, your diehard audience into purchasing a service instead of purchasing a product, your product is probably going to suffer in sales because of it. You know, now I have made it no small uh, secret that I am a game console collector, so I want games. I want physical copies of my games. I want all of that. I don't necessarily want or trust companies to have my best interests in mind when it comes to what I want to play and when I want to play it. Now, a lot of that comes down to licensed stuff. You know, For instance, that Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, when I, it was my game of the year last year. Eventually, that contract is going to run out, and when it does, you're going to see that disappear off of every platform you possibly can think of. So I am so glad I have a physical copy of, the, of, of that game because I will be able to play it whenever I want, however I want, and I don't have to worry about, geez, can I still download it? Jesus, is it still around? What what's going to happen? You know, God, I need to make sure I don't delete it off of my hard drive because if I do that, then I won't be able to play it anymore. No, screw that. I have a physical copy. I can stick the disc in uh, my PlayStation anytime I want to and play it whenever I want to. I also have it on Switch. You know, and uh, I, I I'm sorry. That's that's just exactly how I feel about it. And I've always felt that way, and I always will feel that way. I also know I'm a dying breed. So let's let's be frankly honest about that. I know for a fact that uh, a lot of people prefer convenience over uh, reliability, I guess is the word I'm looking for, is that they can sit on their couch and push a button and purchase a copy of a game and not have to worry about going to the store, dealing with someone who's probably underpaid and has to uh, sell you a service to go along with it, looking at you, GameStop, or discount cards or what the heck ever or they don't have to go on amazon and then wait a day for, to get it you know i i get that i get the convenience part of it but at the same time i you know as a game console collector i i want physical copies of my stuff and i will always be that way what i trust even less is games as a service is this games as a service thing which is what microsoft is pushing everybody towards with with games pass their Game Pass. Now, I, I will not sit here and tell you that Game Pass is a ripoff. It's not. It's uh, you know for ten bucks a month for the amount of, of games, their first party games alone, unless you are uh, like me and you own all of them, is totally worth it. You know, it's to it, it's totally worth it. For ten bucks a month, you can play Halo, Gears of War. You can play all the games that they release first party. Their first party stuff. Bam, day one, it's right there. It's not going anywhere. You know, it's not like uh, their other games where. They, they'll put independent games or third-party games on there. And, and, you know, like Persona, the Persona series, for instance, 3, 4, uh, three, four and 5 are now on Xbox. And uh, those games can disappear tomorrow if Sega wants them to because Sega owns Atlas. So Sega could just say tomorrow, <laughs> gone, and those games are gone. And your save file will still be there, but you will not have access to those games. So... At the same time, it's 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 a great service. It's a great it's a great deal for what you get for what you're paying for. But it, you know, uh, you you have to deal with the fact that games are going to disappear and reappear 
on that service. You know, Sony's dealing with the same thing. I was a member of their service for a year. Uh, the first year it came out, their, their service very much like Games Pass, and I found myself never using it because I own all of the games that I would play on there for the most part. I remember going on my stream and flipping around some of that stuff, and I was just like, I, I own all this stuff. Why would I, why would I pay for this when I basically have uh, everything that I want that's that's on here? And I, I kind of feel the same way about the Microsoft service. But uh, at the same time, I uh, I get the whole the idea that I'm a dinosaur and that uh, eventually. Uh, I'm not going to have a choice. Uh, there's a reason why both Microsoft and Sony released digital-only consoles this year. There's there's a huge reason why. And that reason is that's what they want you to buy. They're cheaper, and that's what they're pushing you towards. Uh, notice that the Xbox Series S got a new version this year, a bigger version. It wasn't the Series X. wasn't the one that the expensive one. wasn't the one that had the disk drive in it. It's the digital one because that's what they want you to purchase. They want you to buy that. They made it a sexy black. They put a bigger hard drive in it. They're like, yes, yes, this is what you want. Come come to Papa. Come buy this. And Sony is the same way. Uh, I, I've made this argument before about on my podcast about uh, digital versus physical. If the digital market is all that exists then you have no control over the pricing. The market is completely controlled by the publishers and the developers. It has nothing to do with you, has nothing to do with your preferences, has nothing to do with anything. It will, prices will stay artificially high for as long as they possibly can because there's no secondhand market to fall back on. Uh, in, you know, let's just I'll, I'll just cover this again real quick it, it's the physical market right now the secondhand market is what basically controls it keeps the new stuff in check it keeps the, the publishers in check because you can purchase a game right now let's just say Final Fantasy 16 okay you buy Final Fantasy 16 physical copy right now uh, you enjoy it you play the heck out of it you you played it for two months and you're done with it you go back and you sell it you get 20, 25 bucks for it. Or you go on Amazon, you sell it for 40 bucks, and then someone buys it from you. Well, eventually, there is a formula out there. I'm sure there's a formula out there that Square Enix has and all the publishers have that when they get to a certain age of, the, of their game, they realize they have to lower the price to keep up with the secondhand market. Because the longer a game is out, the cheaper it gets. That's how it is. So right now, you can sell your copies. Final Fantasy 16 has been out for a couple of weeks. You could probably get, you know, 50 bucks for it because it's a $70 game, right? So you could probably get 50 bucks for it. Easy. Just stick it on Amazon, stick it on eBay, you get 50 bucks for it. Square is not going to do anything about that. They're not going to lower their price to worry about that because they're still selling. They've sold a lot of copies of Final Fantasy 16. However, Let's just say Christmas time. Okay, Christmas time's coming up here in a couple of months. Uh, we're we're going to have this, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of big sales, Black Friday sales and all that. And I'm going to tell you flat out, Final Fantasy 16 could be one of those games that's, that's on sale. It totally could be. And it makes sense to do that. Uh, they could, You'll see the price maybe lower. Let's just say instead of 70 bucks, it goes down to 50 bucks itself. Well, then all of a sudden, everyone who's selling the secondhand version on, on eBay for 50 bucks has to lower their price in order because if you have your chance, your choice, are you going to buy it new or used for the same price? You're going to buy it new for the, if it's the same price. So you're, the, the secondhand market is there to keep the new market in check. 
Otherwise, if there's no secondhand market, Final Fantasy 16 never has to lower their price. They can keep it up high for as long as they can. You might not see the price lower for a year, a two years. It's like Nintendo. You know, Nintendo very rarely puts their first-party games on sale, maybe two or three times a year. Meanwhile, some of these other games, they lower their prices according to what is available and what what people can uh, can get for it. Because the longer something is out, the more tired people get of Final Fantasy 16. I'm just using 16 here as an example. And all of a sudden, there's 50,000 copies on eBay undercutting your price by 20 bucks. So you got to lower your price 20 bucks to keep up with that, right? Which flo- uh, forces these 50,000 people selling their game to lower their price to 30 bucks or whatever it is. Without the secondhand market being there, you're going to see prices stay high for as long as they possibly can. I say artificially inflated because the only people who control the price are the people who make and publish the game. It has nothing to do with how good the game is or how much people like it or, or anything like that. It all comes down to, we made the game, we're going to keep it up for it's 60, 70, 80 bucks for as long as we possibly can because we want to make as much as we possibly can and we will only lower our price when we absolutely have to. There will be no other markets out there to, to, to do that to you. So just keep that in mind if you are big into digital only. I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm just telling you there's a big reason why I don't support digital only and that that is the number one reason right there is because it's actually bad, very bad for the consumer. It, it, only one way to buy anything is bad for anybody, okay? So don't uh, don't just automatically think that uh, digital is best because you don't have to get off your couch to, to buy something, okay? But anyway, now that we're done with that, let's get back to the whole thing with Microsoft. So what are they doing? What is here's the here's the question. What what is Microsoft doing? What what's their end game that they're they're pushing forward here with with the Xbox? If they're not going to make Xboxes in in 10 years, if they're rebranding PCs to be Xboxes, what what is their end game? What are the, why are they buying up all these development houses and what these publishers why are they doing that? And the truth is, it's actually quite simple. I don't think they're looking at Sony as a competitor anymore. They definitely don't look at Nintendo as a competitor. They're not looking at Sony as a competitor either because I think they're looking at that they're in a different business now. Uh, And they're looking to sell a service. They're not looking to sell a platform. They're looking to sell you the Xbox Games Pass service. That's what they want. That's why they're buying everybody up. And that being said, with them being able to brand Xbox right on your desktop with, with Windows, like right there, bam, it's right there. As soon as you buy a brand new PC, bam, they hit you with Xbox first thing. That tells me they're not interested in dealing with Sony. They're going after Steam. That's what they're doing. They're going to compete with Valve. They want to have their own you know, game front, you know, their storefront for Xbox games. And the more of these houses they buy up, the more of these publishers they buy up, the more likely they are to get there. You know, uh, I realize Steam is huge, and I realize that they release thousands of game on, games on Steam every week. I'm not saying Steam's going to die. What I'm saying is, is that the way Microsoft is doing things right now makes me think they are going to get to a point where they're going to pull their games off of Steam and have their own storefront where they can control everything. They get all the profits. They don't have to pay Valve for anything. 
and the more that the companies that they purchase, the more more developers that they purchase, the more publishers that they purchase, the more likely that it is that it's going to happen. Uh, they're going to get to a point where they realize we don't need Steam. We only need to worry about ourselves. And you can really, yeah, I'm not going to say this is going to happen, but if you're if you're really looking at what's what if you really want to look at what the, what could happen in the long run is that you could see the Xbox platform be a place where a lot of other people want to go outside of Steam. It's going to be a competitor to Steam at some point. Uh, I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. What I'm saying is is that it wouldn't surprise me if it does. It would not surprise me at all if you saw Bethesda games and Activision games and Microsoft first party games all disappear off of Steam one day. And they're only for pre-purchase on this Microsoft Xbox storefront that they could very well make someday. I think we're moving towards that. We really are. And again, the more that we see, the more that we, uh, they, the more companies they buy, the the farther they go with this, the less likely they're going to need anybody else telling them where they can put their games. And they have games that are big enough and games that are uh, important enough. That they're going to get people's attention. That's it's just how it is. I mean, say what you want to thought about Bethesda's games being loaded with bugs and things like that. The truth of the matter is, people still follow Bethesda. People still are going to buy Call of Duty, and I realize there's a big controversy with Call of Duty right now. But these games are big enough that they're going to bring people to wherever that they end up. And the more games that are like that on one side, the less likely there is that. Uh, the, the more likely it is that people will migrate away from it and, and move on. And it, and, and I, I really do. I think that Microsoft is moving and looking more towards Steam is what they are looking at. They're looking to compete with Steam more so than they are looking to compete with Sony at this point. I, I really do believe they're looking at a much bigger picture because, again, you know, uh, we are moving towards where everything is going to be PC. I'm not completely... You know, I, I'm a very big believer in consoles, and I always will be, and, and no one will ever change my mind about that. But the truth of the matter is, is I know, again, I'm a dinosaur. I know eventually uh, my I'm my uh, people, my uh, console people, we're all dying out. We're aging out. You know, We're all moving on to, eat to other things, or, or I mean, I, I'm still sticking around. But uh, you know, you're, you're going to see these, these, uh, these folks who move on to other things, or they... We're we're getting we're aging out basically. We're getting we're getting older. We're getting moving up there in age, and the younger people are the ones that are moving in, and that's where a lot of this upswell and PC uh, love is coming from. Again, I'm not poo pooing anyone for being on you know being into PC gaming. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that uh, we're moving into an area where consoles are not going to be nearly as important as as uh, they are right now or they've been in the past. Because the younger generation is coming up and they're moving more towards the PC side of things. I completely see the writing on the wall. I am not going to sit here and say consoles are the best always. Uh, no, uh, I prefer consoles. I will always prefer consoles. But I think Microsoft is, you know, if we're doing this 4D chess thing here, Microsoft is moving much more into the direction of we see that everyone's moving PC, moving into PC. So we might as well get ahead of the curve on this. And find a way to not only brand our console with it, but to also make sure that our PC people will be will, will have easy access to it as well. So, I, I just I honestly do believe that. And maybe you know I, maybe I'm giving Phil Spencer more credit that you know more 
thought about it than than he maybe he hasn't thought that that far ahead. But if that were me, if I were in Phil Spencer's shoes, that is exactly what I'd be trying to do. Because if you if you age out, let's just let's just do a hypothetical here. If 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 uh, console gamers age out and consoles are no longer worth making, and Sony's biggest business practice you know, business right now is gaming. Where do you think they're going to go? Huh. Where can they possibly go to put their their games on where they'll still have great performance? We could really use a digital storefront to release our stuff and who could possibly be our business partner on that? Hmm. Hmm. Just some food for thought there. Again, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that that's a very possible situation that if, if again if I were in charge of Microsoft I would really be looking at the future of things and you can look at things right now and just go well <laughs> we're kind of thrown in the towel here with the Xbox but we have a, a, a great backbone for what's to come and and they have they really do but uh, I, I I just hope it doesn't happen but I'm sure the gears are in motion for it to happen. And if, if I were in Phil Spencer's position, that's exactly what I would be trying to do, quite frankly, because uh, it's just a matter of time, I think. It's just a matter of time until everyone is basically gaming with the same stuff. And uh, you're not going to have a big difference. Because honestly, you got to think about it like this too. Cross-platform is a big deal. It's, it's a huge deal. And you're not going to be able to... You're not going to have a lot of people who are going to want to get on a closed network like the PlayStation Network is and not have a way to play with somebody on the other side of the fence. So the more games that we play that are online and uh, and more uh, social-based, you know, like Diablo 4. Let's look at Diablo 4. Luckily, Diablo 4 is cross-platform between all platforms. You can play on PC, you can play on Xbox, PlayStation, even Switch. So... To their credit, they've done that, and thank goodness they've done that. But the truth is, is that the the more games that we see like that, where you can play with all your friends, uh, having a closed network like PlayStation Network has been and will continue to be for the time for the the the, the length of time until something changes, it's going to hinder them in the long run. You know, it, it really is. Anything that's Xbox right now is cross-platform with PC. And Nintendo's playing nice with with uh, that as well with Nintendo uh, with uh, Microsoft and and that way. Sony's the one who's usually uh, being difficult about it, being obstinate about the uh, the release of uh, cross platform. You know, it took Borderlands Three a couple of years, several years to become cross platform. So that's where I think that they're going. I think I really do. I think Microsoft is kind of slowly bowing out of of the console race. And, but instead, they are going to—they're gearing up for something big. They're the reason they're buying all these these publishers up. And the truth is, is that—and I've said this before, and I'll, I'll say it again here—is that Microsoft is going to have to show something before too much longer. They're going to have to actually show the the fruits of their labor because they have shareholders they need to talk. To, they need to, to talk about. They need to talk to. And if you are spending tens of billions billions with a b of dollars on these these publishing houses and on these development houses you have to show some profitability you can't just continue to throw money into a bucket in the bottom of it called the xbox and just go well we're going to get there i mean they're going to have to show something they're going to have to show 
what they're they have to talk to their shareholders because otherwise their shareholders are going to are going to sell their stock and then that's not going to be good but that all being said we'll see it's all guesswork from here you know uh the truth is there's only a couple of people who probably know exactly what they're planning to do i'm only guessing off of what i can see i'm reading tea leaves as i can as i see them uh, and sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong. You know, I've, I prognosticate correctly sometimes and other times I miss completely. Now, I'm the guy who called the Nintendo puppet show back at E3 a couple years ago by mouthing off and correctly predicted it. And But then again, I'm also the guy who saw that uh, World of Warcraft is coming out the same day as EverQuest 2 and said, boy, World of Warcraft is going to die. That was also me. So uh, just, as, just as likely to... Uh, miss as I am to hit but I'm just looking at what Microsoft's doing and they're they're building up they're building up something it's not uh, they're not basic they're not just buying things just so they can say oh you know get Call of Duty and things like that they're doing they're building up a library for something and uh, it'll be interesting to see where they're where they're going with it because they're not making small purchases you know Sony I made I made this comparison a little while ago, I said that Sony was buying talent, Microsoft was buying property. Back when they were both really heavily into this, um, Sony was was buying smaller houses, smaller development places, uh, and they were buying the talent that uh, was there, like uh, uh, Bungie. You know, they own Bungie now, and they bought uh, they bought it Insomniac. You know, they were buying the talent of those companies. Microsoft is bought is buying Activision because they want the property. They want Call of Duty, they want Guitar Hero, they want uh, World of Warcraft, they want Diablo, they want all this stuff under their roof. But they're buying it in on mass. They're buying it it's like they went to Sam's wholesale and uh, they're picking up or Costco and they're picking up as much as they can. They're they're getting the 55 gallon drum of mustard. They're getting the 55 gallon drum of of ketchup. They're, they're not going in and just kind of going piecemeal and going, well, we really like to have this and this and this. They're going in and going, we want the whole kit and caboodle. We want it all. And, uh, you know, that's because they're buying up property. They're not buying up talent. There's talent there. I'm not saying there's no talent there. But uh, they're buying up the property. They want the IPs. They want the, the name recognition. They want to you, they want to make sure that if you buy a copy of Call of Duty, you're going to see the Xbox name on there somewhere. That's what they want. So uh, that's where I think they're going. I, it's It'll be interesting to see how it turns out. It'll be interesting. Because right now they're in the middle of the FTC court case here in the States where Sony and, and the FTC are kind of pushing back against it. And... A buddy of mine kind of got into an argument about this. Not really an argument, a debate. Argument means we were mad at each other. Uh, a debate means we were taking opposite sides. He thinks that Microsoft buying Activision is good for gaming because they're being competitive. Personally, I think it's bad for gaming because I want there to be more choice. And I would say the same thing if Sony... I would say the same thing if Nintendo bought them. If Nintendo was buying Activision, I'd say this is not good. This is not good for, for gaming. And... I still feel that way when Microsoft is doing it. So if you want to compete as a console developer, then you need to make better hardware and you need to have better uh, software and, and maneuver your way to get better software on it. But that's just the opinion, my opinion. I We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see. It really will. Uh, I'll be watching it pretty closely. I know a lot of people will. We have good things that are they're going to come out regardless. I, I just want to make sure we all have... 
as many choices as we can because we all have our preferences. We all have what we you know what we want, how we want to play. And uh, when one company is making all the decisions, I just don't think that's a good thing. So that's what I think of Microsoft's business model these days. Uh, boy, I hope that's a pretty decent podcast. Uh, I really do. <laughs> I've, like I said, this is my third time recording one, so I hope this turns out okay. We're in the doldrums of summer, so finding some news to talk about can be a little difficult. I realized the last month we've had the uh, the summer games fest, and then of course we. I mean, this year has been crazy with game gaming news with the crap that happened with G four, and now we have you know the thing with uh, the boycott up for Call of Duty and all these different things going on and in gaming right now um it's been crazy but uh the good news is we've got some really good games that have come out this year and you know last year i kind of gave i gave ninja turtles my game of the year because everything else was i had fun playing some other stuff everything else kind of disappointed me in some way or another this year it's not been that way there's a lot of good games that are coming out that are going to be on the short list for game of the year so i'm looking forward to seeing not just what's coming out now, but what's coming out here for the rest of the year. I mean, geez, so many good things coming out. So we'll see how that turns out. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and, and call the podcast today. Uh, don't forget, I will be streaming on Friday night and Sunday morning this upcoming weekend. Plan right now is to play Final Fantasy 16. Uh, we just got a frit. When I uh, I just taped, uh, I just did got off my Sunday morning podcast, and we got to the point where. We unlocked Ifrit as one of our Ifrit as one of our uh, our summons. You know, Clive is apparently a guy that is, I guess he's kind of an incubus in a way, uh, where he can just suck the the uh, the summon out of the, the dominant. So that's actually kind of interesting. I don't know where they're going with it, but we'll see. We have three summons unlocked so far. Uh, Frit is our big one, the one that we turn into, but we also have Garuda, and then uh, Phoenix is the one we started out with. So we'll see how the game continues and turns out. I'm enjoying it so far. We will see how it continues to go. So I'll be playing that this weekend, Sunday or Friday night and Sunday morning are the plans right now to do that. Make sure you follow me on social media. I'm at Evil Enigma on Twitter. That is where you will find me every day talking about things. I know the last couple of weeks have not been nearly as... Uh, uh, interactive as I'd like them to be, but things have been a little crazy at my job, and uh, when I'm working, I can't update Twitter as much, so that's just how it is, guys, it really is, uh, but I will continue to do my best to make everybody smile and laugh, I will continue to, to update Twitter daily, I will continue to be there to uh, do my best to make everybody laugh and, and, and make them feel a little better, I look at it from very simple, that simply, uh, I've said this a lot at you can go anywhere for bad news. All you got to do is turn on your TV right now and go to any news channel, watch the 6 o'clock news. It's nothing but bad news. Like there's, there's never any news out there where you just go, oh, that's nice, you know, outside of going on to maybe Facebook and watching, uh, you know, puppy videos or something like that, which are always awesome. But uh, I, I really want everyone to know that uh, you can. I will do my best to be positive and, and, and to make you laugh and to make you smile. And if I can make one person laugh, if I can make you laugh or smile once per day, then I feel like I've done my job. And uh, I really want that to continue. I really do. And I will continue to do it for as long as I possibly can. So remember, I'm at Evil Enigma on Twitch as well. That's where you'll find me streaming Friday nights and Sunday mornings. Uh, Twitter's where I'm most active. I have an Instagram as well, but I don't update that one as much. I probably should try. I just don't take as many pictures of things, guys. I'm just not that good. I post a lot of memes, though. Uh, my Canadian bacon one, that's not mine. I got it off of somebody else, and I posted that, though, this week weekend, and it's been 
I think it's got over 6,000 views, which is pretty freaking awesome. I've never had a tweet blow up like that before. Uh, so yeah, follow me on those platforms, guys. Really, I really do. And, and if I can say hi to me, talk to me, you know, if you have any suggestions for the podcast, let me know. You want to hear me talk about something. If, as long as I have a background in it and I can talk about it, I will, you know, there's a, there's a whole plethora of, uh, uh, classic gaming things out there. I've not talked about yet that I would, I can get into, you know, I haven't talked about Mega Man or Contra or anything like that. So if you want me to talk about that stuff, just Drop me a note. You know, say Twitter. You know, on Twitter, hey, Evil Enigma, love your podcast. Love to see you talk about Metal Gear Solid. You know, something like that. And I will definitely keep that in mind, and I will definitely uh, move towards it because on weekends like this, where I'm kind of wondering what to talk about, that's where I can slide those things in. So, go ahead and let me know on those those platforms. I would appreciate that. Don't forget, guys, uh, check out uh, you know Glitch Energy for the the drinks and and uh, Kindred Nations for your hot sauce needs if you go to glitch energy the code is dragon x fire for 10 percent off and your code for uh kindred nations is enigma e-n-y-g-m-a the way i spell it and you will get 10 percent off your orders there they both go to help my content they both help go to uh to, to help me make better stuff here and i do want to get better i will continually get better the more views the more listens i get So hopefully we can make that a reality. Okay, guys, so do me a favor. Have a great rest of your week. Happy birthday to the United States of America, my home country. Very happy about that. And uh, if you celebrate, please remember to take care of your little furry friends. They don't like it when you shoot off fireworks and things that go boom. At least mine does not. And I know a lot of people's are the same way. Uh, Just make sure you keep that in mind. Get them a thunder shirt, put them in a you know a room where they can be by themselves. I mean, our dog goes into the bathroom upstairs when he gets scared, and that's kind of weird because he hates the bathroom <laughs> because he that's where he gets a bath sometimes. So he hates going in there, but he wants refuge in the refuge in there if, if he hears an explosion. So uh, happy Fourth of July! Make sure you're safe, everybody. For everybody out there, for those uh, who don't celebrate, who are in different countries. Uh, I understand (laughs) you have your own independence to celebrate. I get that. But I will talk to everybody here coming up online this next week. And I'll talk to everyone definitely on Friday night and Sunday morning when I'm streaming. Okay, guys? So have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much.